As the dust has settled from a whirlwind of a final week before yesterday's NHL trade deadline that came and went at 2 o'clock central, the Wild were wheeling and dealing throughout the week, including up to that deadline yesterday where Billy made moves that can best be described, we think, as tweaks and adjustments to the roster, minor moves, uh, even some good things with the salary, but not game changers like you saw by uh, Eastern Conference teams who are acquiring like Patrick Kane, Tarasenko, and players like that. Great week for the Wild, not only on the ice, but after. This is Troy. This is your Wild Minute with Troy. We are the place to come when you want your quick hits leading into games, coming out of games, especially on those off days when you need your quick four-minute fix. Come to this place right here. This is your Wild Minute with Troy. You know where to find us. We're on Spotify. Love, like, listen, share, follow. Tell everyone about it. We need listeners, and we want to keep growing uh, the universe of Wild Nation. So we're coming to you live today, this Saturday afternoon, from Opa's Pub in southern Dakota County. And we're going to break down some of the trades that uh, the Wild made over the past week, not just yesterday, but a couple key ones that we talked about earlier in the week. But we want to go a little more in-depth. Um As you know, the Wild brought in four players without giving up a first-round or second-round pick. And it's it's hard to believe because the Wild have gone on a uh, a tear a little bit with this heater. They are 6-0-1. I'm sorry, they're 7-0-1 in their last uh, eight games. Um, So scoring, you know, in the standings, racking up 13 of a possible 14 points. Uh, Just two, two and a half weeks ago, we were talking on this pod and – Quite frankly, Wild fans are discussing everywhere whether Billy should be selling off and tearing this apart and getting ready to rebuild, get some assets for the future, or if he should consider uh, giving the team a couple extra players and trying to help them get out of their slump. The reality is the Wild told Billy what they wanted him to do by their play on the ice. They still struggle to score goals, but they uh, have clamped down on defense and played very solid on the D on the D side, gotten great goaltending, obviously from Gus, but to be fair, also from Flower, who's played three straight great games for the Wild in net. Uh, in his three straight, I should say, he's had three consecutive good games when he's been in net, but clearly Gus, the Gus bus is the number one uh, goalie at this point. But there's four or five weeks before the playoffs come, so we'll see how that turns out. But because of what they've done on the ice, Billy felt compelled, obviously, to improve the team, but he stuck to his uh, game plan of not wanting to give up those coveted first and second round picks, and he did that. So, um, again, no game changers this week, especially yesterday, no game changers, but we do believe the Wild got better with every trade they made. First, uh, as we know, about 10, 12 days ago, uh, the Wild played a banker role. Um, they were part of three-way trades with the Leafs and the Blues. For like 30 seconds, Ryan O'Reilly was a Wild player. Then they technically dealt him to the Leafs. And what 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 that allowed to do was the Wild used some of their salary cap space and they acquired a fourth-round pick. They did the same thing with the Dmitry Orlov trade with the Capitals and Bruins, and they acquired a fifth-round pick there, absorbed a little bit of salary, and helped the Capitals and Capitals and Bruins facilitate that trade. So just right there, the Wild had a fourth and a fifth-round pick. We'll get to it in a second. The Wild already dealt one of those fifth-round picks uh, just yesterday. So really, they paid, in one case, $74,000 
dollars for for one of the players, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's review what their first two trades uh, early last week. Marcus Johansson, you'll remember he played here in the 2020-21 season. Uh, The Wild gave up a third-round pick, which was probably the biggest reach of the four trades they made. It was certainly the highest pick they made. Marcus Johansson, 32 years old, 6'1", 203 pounds. He's a 13-year veteran. He's played for Washington. I think he's played for the Devils, Boston, Buffalo. As we mentioned, he had a cup of coffee with the Wild during a a, uh, COVID season. Then he went to the Seattle Crack and then back to the Washington Capitals. And now here he is with the Wild. Now, when he was with the Wild, he wasn't a top six forward. He was hurt several times, bouncing in and out of the lineup. Um, so we don't look at this to help the team too much. Uh, Johansson has a Stanley Cup pedigree a little bit. Uh, with the Capitals this year, he had 13 goals and 15 assists. He's played 61 games, so he stayed healthy this year, so that's a positive. Where that could help the team right now is they've been woeful. They've really struggled giving Boldy a solid uh, group of line mates where he can flourish like he did with Fiala. And again, to be clear, Joe Hansen is not Fiala. No one's pretending that that's the case. But with the mutts, they've been running in and out of that second line with Boldy. Joe Hansen actually is one of the better players he's played with this season. Um you know if you if you're a regular listener of the Wild Minute, you know where we stand with Sammy Walker. Those four games he played with the Boldy line, we thought Boldy uh, had his best stretch practically of the season, but um, that's water under the bridge, and Sammy's down in Des Moines, and now Johansson and Eck are the Boldy line mates. We liked what we saw in Johansson's, I, I guess we call it a debut since uh, he came back to the Wild, but he did play a few years ago, but in his latest debut with the Wild Thursday night, uh, there are four or five times where Johansson really stood out. Now, not all game. And again, did Boldy score? No, he hasn't scored a goal in 15 games. But the line looked like it had more life than we've seen it have in quite a while. So it's going to be something interesting to watch. And certainly we can follow that again tonight when the Wild play at Calgary because Johansson and Eck are with Boldy on that second line. Johansson, as you know, is wearing number 90 for the Wild. So again, they gave up a third-round pick for Marcus Johansson. He is an unrestricted free agent. He won't be back with the team next year. He doesn't cost them any term. And this is truly a rent-up player, uh, which is what they're doing for all four players. So, again, that's a good thing, too, when Billy only went into the uh, trade deadline yesterday with $9 million of cap room for next year. The second trade, which they made early last week, was for Gustav Nyquist. They they traded a fifth-round pick to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like Johansson, Nyquist is a wing, can play a little bit of center. Unlike Johansson, Nyquist, when healthy, could be a top six forward. Now you're saying, well, wait a second, Johansson's a top six forward because he's on the Boldy line. We think this is temporary. We think if Nyquist comes back from his shoulder injury and if the roster is healthy, Nyquist would probably be a top six forward. Uh, Johansson certainly wouldn't. Just temporary right now. But Nyquist, 33 years old, top six forward, when healthy. So why do I keep saying when healthy? Well, because January 25th um, was when Nyquist suffered a shoulder injury. And with the Columbus Blue Jackets, one of the worst teams in the league, who is trying to go for uh, Bedard in the Bedard sweepstakes, um, had originally announced that it's probably a season-ending injury. Well, suddenly it's not. Suddenly they think, um, the Wild think the Nyquist could be back by the end of March or early April. Um, that's probably being optimistic, but if that works out, 
he would be able to join the team and play in the playoffs as well. It was a risk the Wild were willing to take. They, they had room to take on salary this year, and they only had to give up a fifth-round pick. That's that fifth-round pick they got in the um, Boston Maple Leafs trade. So that's what I was referring to, and essentially they paid $74,000 uh, originally to get Nyquist. So it, another, it, it's a risk, but it's a very low risk. Um, Nyquist, 22 points in 48 games this year before he got hurt with the Jackets. Last year he had 53 points in 82 games. Um, Nyquist, not a big guy, 5'11", 180, but he has speed, uh, good shot, could bolster the number two power play unit, which has really been non-existent, partially because the players haven't stepped up, but also because sometimes power play two plays 12 seconds when Kaprizov and Zuccarello and Boldy and Eck are dominating with the power play one unit. But it's, but it's certainly a depth move. Nyquist will wear number 28 for the Wild. Keep an eye when he returns. If Joe Hansen doesn't permanently spark the Boldy line, we think he will temporarily. Not sure he will for four to six weeks. Uh, we would think Nyquist could move up with Eck and Boldy on that number two line as well. But for now, Nyquist is on the shelf, and we won't see him anytime soon. That brings us to yesterday, and yesterday was fun. Uh, the NHL um, actually beats the NFL, the NBA, and Major League Baseball with their trade deadline. It is a day you need to have the NHL network on your laptop or your phone, or if you're lucky enough to have that day off, uh, it's a great day just to be to watch all the wheeling and dealing that happens, especially in the final couple of hours. Very exciting. Anyhow, it didn't look like the Wild were going to make any moves. I mean, Billy reportedly even told his wife yesterday morning that he thinks he's done. She didn't believe him. She knows her husband. He wasn't close to done. Uh, the Wild acquired Oscar Sundquist, Sundquist from the Detroit Red Wings, and they only had to give up a fourth-round pick. Sundquist is a 28-year-old. He, as I mentioned, he's a uh, wing in the center. What 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 I'm excited about with Oscar, he's big, he's versatile, he's six foot three, two hundred twenty pounds. And um he's not a dynamic scorer. He's big, he's gritty, not a great skater, but he's a physical forward who can chip in on offense and really be a pain to play against. So uh we think he can give the wild more of that sandpaper type game make it a heavier team to, to 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 face and could could be that third line center now that X moved up to the second line with Boldy and maybe this would lead to Goudreau moving down to the fourth line when everybody's healthy but we'll see um in 52 games with Detroit Sundqvist had 7 goals and 14 assists like we said he's not a dynamic scorer but he really is that sandpaper type of guy that really should fit in with the Wild nicely um he should have been playing tonight making his debut in Calgary but he ran into trouble um, with a flight and a snowstorm. So I think he's still joining the team, but he will make his wild debut Tuesday night at the XL Energy Center in the back end of the home-and-home with Calgary. Uh, Sunfist will be wearing number 70 for the Minnesota Wild. He is another, uh, like I've been saying with all these players, not game changers, but the Wild gave up a fourth-round pick for him. He's an unrestricted free agent. There's no risk here. I think Oscar's going to fit in nicely, and we'll start to see that on Tuesday. Perhaps the most intriguing trade made by the Wild in acquiring a player was their 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 fourth and last one, and that was where they gave up a fourth-round pick. Um, you know, minor leaguer Andre Suster. And another uh, prospect who was not in their top 25 and wasn't even signed with the Wild, uh, the Wild sent them to Anaheim again with that fourth-round pick 
for defenseman John Klingberg. Everyone will remember John Klingberg from uh, when the Wild played Dallas uh, a couple years back. Uh, Klingberg really is, or was, I should say, a pretty dynamic defenseman. Not a great defensive defenseman, but a guy who can handle the puck and really add some uh, offensive punch on the blue line, something the Wild do need. Also, I think Kalen Addison's days of uh, being the quarterback of power play one are over. Uh, Klingberg, I expect even tonight, and we'll see this tonight, if it happens, I expect him to slot right into the quarterback of power play one as the, the defenseman on that unit with Eck, Boldy, Zuccarello, and Kaprizov. That will be fun to watch. Uh, Klingberg is 30 years old. His best days are behind him. No one's going to dispute that. Uh, Dallas did want to keep him a year ago, but they couldn't afford him, and they let him go to Anaheim. He signed last year a $7 million one-year prove-it deal uh, with Anaheim. The Ducks have been terrible. Part of that may be Klingberg. Most of it's probably, look at that roster. Uh, It isn't that great. But um, Klingberg's stats certainly don't scream of, this is a great get for the Wild, but it's hard to analyze that when you're playing on the worst team in the NHL. Yes, Klingberg in some analytics is ranked something like 96, 97% as an offensive defenseman, but that same ranking system has him at 0% as a defenseman. So as one blogger put on Twitter last night, Klingberg was is the NHL's worst defenseman on the NHL's worst team. Now, he was something like a minus 27 or minus 30 in the, in the plus minus category. That We're not going to make excuses for him. He's not a good defensive player. But when you're on a team like Anaheim, and you're, you're going to have a rough uh, plus minus factor. I like him as one of their top six defensemen. I think he will slot into the third pairing right now. He could end up playing alongside Brodeen and having Dumba slide down to play alongside Merrill or Goose. And then who knows what's going to happen when Brock Faber gets here when the Gophers either win the national championship in early April uh, and he joins the team for the playoffs or they get upset in the NCAA tournament earlier than that and Faber joins them earlier. But that's a, a whole podcast for another uh, day where what are they going to do with, with their current eight defensemen and when Brodeen's healthy, and then when Brock joins the team, they have nine. That's why we, we really thought uh, Goose would go somewhere uh, in the deadline. It turns out one or two teams were interested, and it wasn't the right teams because Goose has a no trade, so he would have had to sign off on that. Bottom line, Klingberg's wearing number three for the Wild. Again, He's an offensive-minded defenseman. Goes a little against the grain with the wild system when you consider that Kalen Anderson was on the bench for four or five games, reportedly because of his lack of defensive structure. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they use Klingberg, but we're excited he's here. Uh, He has some pedigree to him. He plays on the power play. And having an offensive-minded guy on a blue line on a team that really has been playing great defense and maybe can afford to give up a little of that to have more offense, We think it's a good move, especially when you give up a fourth-rounder, a minor leaguer who is never going to end up as on the wild roster, and a prospect that they weren't going to sign. That takes us to Jordan Greenway, the big rig. The Wild dealt him to Buffalo first. This, I actually think, is the best trade Freddie made. I'm sorry, the best best, uh, trade that Billy G made. 
Jordan Greenway to the Buffalo Sabres for a second and a fifth round pick, and actually more important than the, than those than the future prospects, we cleared three million dollars off the books. So as I mentioned earlier, uh, Billy G had not had had nine million dollars of cap space to play with this summer when he attempts to re-sign several players. He now has twelve million because Jordan was signed for another two years at three million per. So that goes up to 12 million. And we think there's a way to get this up to 14 or 15 million this summer, which would allow the Wild to sign a couple of the players they want to keep and maybe make another run at uh, Brock Besser. So more on that in another podcast. Anyhow, back to Jordan Greenway. Greenway this season, yes, he had a shoulder injury, uh, but in his 45 games with the Wild, he had one goal that wasn't an empty netter. So he he scored two goals. One was an empty netter, but one regular goal. Six foot six, 230 pounds, huge. He's one of the biggest guys on, you know, one of the biggest skaters in the NHL. Big defensive bruiser. Enormous potential. We'd been hearing about that since since the Wild drafted him when he played uh, in the World Juniors for Team USA. The sad thing is Jordan never came to fruition the way we thought, the, the way fans thought he would. Um, he did have a good season last year, uh, but maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's the scenery. Um, Greenway just was a shell of his former self this year. And uh, I think the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when he showed up. It must be four or five weeks now. On a Sunday night game that started at six, he showed up at five. Now, just so you understand, there's team meetings at four. Usually players get to the arena before then for a six o'clock game. Greenway showed up literally as his team was taking the ice for pregame skater out. Not surprising he was a healthy scratch, but the reality is I think um, he fell out of good standing with Billy and Coach Dean Evison, and it was a time for a change. Billy even alluded to that in his press conference yesterday. Um, he had nothing but good things to say about Jordan as a person, but suggested that he thinks both the Wild and Greenway will benefit for, from a change of scenery. So Greenway joins former Wild player Alex Tuck in Buffalo. The Sabres are surging. They're still fighting for a playoff spot. It'll be fun to watch Jordan over there on the, in the Eastern Conference and see if he uh, kind of re-resumes where he was at last year and shows some of the potential that, that, that everyone has expected from him for a long time. So let's touch on the salary cap. With all these trades, again, Billy had, as of yesterday morning, Billy had $9 million of cap space this summer to re-sign players or sign free agents. Now, with the Jordan Greenway money off the books, that's $12 million of space. If somehow they can trade Goose, I believe that's another $2 million, which could get them up to $14 million. Here's some of the players that are free agents that uh, that they want to sign, or Free agent wild players next year. Gus, Freddie Goudreau, Duhame, Kalen Addison, Mason Shaw. Now, Gus obviously is the number one priority, and um, it's been reported that he could command up to $3 million. Freddie Goudreau probably will command $1 to $2 million, and we all know that Goudreau's going nowhere. Dean thinks Goudreau walks on water, um, so I don't, I, I don't think they'd let him go. And I also think Duhame's going to be a priority. And just for simple math, we'll say he'll get one, one and a half, maybe two million. So between Gus, Goudreau, and Duhame, if the Wilds signed those three, that would be five or six million of the 12 million, which leaves them with five or six million. If they can move a player like Goose, 
they'd clearly have enough if they wanted to sign someone like Brock Besser. Now that still is difficult because Billy likes to have a little bit of wiggle room as he gets down to the, the, down the stretch for the playoffs. And I'm not sure that if you sign Gus, Goudreau, and Duhame, that you'd have room to, uh, you'd still have enough money to, to trade for Besser, pay his salary, and still have a little wiggle room. You'll notice I omitted Kalen Addison from that list. I think they're going to try to uh, move him. I'm not sh- actually if he's a free agent, he can go. But if he's unrestricted, I think they might try to move Addison. It's clear the team uh, is not confident in his ability. Uh, they have made him a healthy scratch for four or five games, maybe longer. Now they've added John Klingberg. When uh, Brodeen comes back to the lineup, that pushes Addison to like number eight or nine on the pecking order of blue liners and uh, something has to give. So anyhow, we'll have another, we'll have many more podcasts on how Billy's going to spend his money and we're happy to spend it for him. But I'm not willing to say that Brock Besser won't be discussed with a wild trade potential uh, this summer. So let's revisit that later. Now, shorthand tonight, Wild play at Calgary, 9 p.m., Valley Sports North. Gus is in net after Flower had a great game Thursday night. Duhame is out, presumably for concussion protocol after his fight Thursday night. He took one. It looked like to the lower jaw that really was a blow to his head where the NHL chimed into the game, had the refs remove him, put him in a quiet room, and he took tests. Um, Wild officials have said he's doing better. Uh, No one said the C word. No one said concussion, but obviously if he's out – today probably maybe precautionary i mean the wild don't play again until tuesday so maybe giving him those extra three days is exactly what he what he needs and and and, you know when it comes to head injuries and concussions uh better safe than sorry on the blue line moose returns to the lineup uh marcus johansson will play his second game with the wild as we mentioned klingberg will make his debut with the wild blue line oscar sunquist had flight problems he will wait until tuesday Jonas Brodeen is still out. Um, Billy was asked about Brodeen today on the Beyond the Pond podcast on KFAN. I think Micheletti asked, asked him about it. And uh, Billy was a little vague about we're not going to rush him back, wouldn't say what the injury was, and that uh, I guess in, in, in so many words suggested he'd be back for the playoffs, but maybe not anytime soon. So that's something to keep an eye on. Pay attention to other reports as well as Bally to see if they touch on that tonight as well. So here are the lines. Kaprizov, Hartman, Zuccarello, no surprise there. Johansson, Ekboldi for the second straight game. Felino, Steele, and Goudreau. Uh, Moose is moving back into the lineup after taking a game or two off uh, due to injury. Um, they're bringing Steele in because Duhame's out. Let's just be completely honest. That third line is going to be uh, tough to watch. <laughs> I mean, Felino, who's had a very subpar season. Steele, who we thought would be waived, but then was a healthy scratch for several games in a row and hasn't played for a week or two. And Goudreau, who's been bouncing between the second and third lines, uh, will be on that line as well. And then that keeps the fourth line intact, which actually has had a few noticeably good games. Uh, interestingly enough, Reeves has shown a lot more energy since um, the the trade 
you know, all the trade rumors of the week. Not that Reeves was going anywhere, but, you know, anytime you add a couple players, fourth liners have to come out. So it was neat to see Reeves get a goal earlier this week. So Shaw, Dewar, and Reeves will be that fourth line. On the blue line, Middleton and Spurgeon continue. No surprises there. Uh, Goose and Dumba. Well, really a shaky second line, but that's where we're at because Brodeen's hurt. And then Merrill is going to play with Klingberg. Um, That's how they practiced in the skate around. And then potentially, potentially, if the Wild do decide to keep Steele out, they may go 11 forwards and seven defensemen, let Kalen Addison play. And then we'd see a bunch of double shifts from people like Kaprizov and Ek. I'm not a huge fan of 11 and 7. I think in this case I am. Um, I think a little less of Goose and Dumba and Merrill and having Addison rotate in there and a little more of a Kaprizov and Steele, or I'm sorry, Kaprizov and uh, Eck filling in uh, for Steele on that third line and some mixing around. Uh, I'm not opposed. Uh, the more Kaprizov, the better, and I'm stating the obvious that everyone knows. Finally, this has been a really meaty uh, Wild Minute with Troy. We told you it'd be a little longer than normal. Let's look at the standings. The Dallas uh, Stars just throttled Colorado this afternoon, 7-3 to in Dallas. So Dallas is now the number one team, not only in the division, but in the West with 81 points. They are a game ahead of anyone else. Uh, the Wild are second at 76 points, so they need to keep pace by winning tonight. Uh, they'd move into uh, just three points away from Dallas then. Uh, Colorado, with this bad loss, uh, sits at 73 points. And Winnipeg uh, has 72 points and is uh, dropping in the standings. Pacific, uh, Vegas is on top with 80 points, so really they're the number two seed. Kings are the number three seed with 78 points. And the Wild, of course, would be that four seed with 76. So again, Wild at Calgary tonight. It's a 9 p.m. start. Valley Sports North, they're off Sunday. They're off Monday. They come back to finish this home-and-home series with Calgary. That's at the XL Energy Center. Calgary is the number nine seed right now, and they are five points out of the playoffs. If the Wild win tonight and the Wild win Tuesday, the Flames will be extinguished and Calgary will be talking about next year. I appreciate you joining. Love, like, listen, share, follow me. Uh, I'm on Spotify. We will have quick hits going into games, quick hits coming out. This is your place to get your wild information. This is Troy. This is your wild minute. We'll talk to you.